I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Flingers Nation Radio. As usual, it's Ryan and Shane coming at you. At, uh, unlike per usual, it's sweet, sweet preseason edition of Flames Nation Radio. As usual, we're brought to you by our delightful friends at DoorDash and the fine folks at Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, it's preseason time, Shane. We're disclosure, folks, just so you get a, a peek behind the curtain. We're recording this immediately preceding the Flames game on Tuesday night in Seattle. Uh, we're go- this will be up on Wednesday before the Flames game against Edmonton at home. Yes. So we've got two games in the can and we're getting ready for the next two. Uh, Shane, the first two games, kind of interesting. Uh, historically, folks, uh, the Flames opened the, their preseason schedule with a home and home. Uh, they call it the old, fa- it's a, they throw a baseball uh, term at you. It's the split squad. It's game. the split squad game, Shane. Uh, if I don't know, if you don't follow the fine folks at Blue Jays Nation or uh, otherwise follow uh, America's pastime, uh, what typically happens in spring training is that they play a crap ton of games. And one of the ways they help the young baseballers get the reps in is that half of the guys stay here, half of the guys go to Tempe, and then you play nine innings, and then you come back. And they just sort of do different combinations of guys in different places. So historically, the Flames do a, a, a split squad affair with either Edmonton or Vancouver. They shoot it's Vancouver. They send the AHL guys and some fringe bodies to Vancouver to play against uh, the good players from the Vancouver Canucks and Vancouver does the same thing. They send their fringy guys to Calgary and they play against the flames regulars. Uh, you know, the, the Canucks uh, held out a few regulars, not too many Thatcher Demko didn't play a couple of the defensemen, but for the most part, it was the a squad for Vancouver. Uh, similarly in Calgary, the flames, they uh, off the top of my head, no Markstrom, no Kadri, no Tanev, no Shillington and no Mangiapane, uh for various reasons, which we'll get into. But for the most part, in Calgary, the Flames played their A squad. I was covering the, the Flames A squad versus the Abbotsford Canucks game live from the Saddle Dome. The Flames won 4 nothing. They were pretty good. They deserved to win. The more interesting outcome, Shane, is in the my OT. Yeah, the, the Flames went into yeah. Rogers Arena and outworked the Vancouver. I were outworked what was objectively on paper a more talented Canucks team. And yeah. that's kind of that's kind of interesting. It's it's Laura. I like what Daryl said about it afterwards. He someone asked him about the uh, the vets and what they're doing. And he says, "Well, they're working on their own stuff." He goes, "He goes, they're not trying to earn a spot. They already have their spot. They're working on their own stuff." So, like the Vancouver guys want to get back into the habit of of doing their regular thing, like the regulars doing their 
getting into the routine of the game. And, and it's, let's be real. It's first game of the year. You're playing against a bunch of high powered kids. that are wanting to impress. Uh, if you have a veteran laden team, like you do usually at home, like you said, unwritten rule, the vets kind of stay at home for most of the preseason. If you can, you got to fill out your roster with, a certain amount of NHL games, I think, for the preseason. Yeah, I think there's like a, a rule they have to have eight guys yeah. in each like, roster. Like but tonight let's, against Seattle, let's, let's, it's pretty let's fair. Be, home, let's so. be completely honest. You're not gonna. You're not asking Jonathan Huberdo to go to Vancouver and Seattle for games that don't count. No. Uh, so no. typically, the higher the pecking order you are, the 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 less likely you are to go to these. Yeah. Games. So I they I, set I, the fourth I, line and and the Rangers. They set the fourth line in the ring and and, and last year's version or of the wranglers basically and yeah, they and, and, and they they, they played pretty well i thought their you know, i their ass off it was good i uh i did not expect to see a multi-point game from ahl signing mitch mcclain but yeah, that mitch mcclain that that's the the from top people i know who covered him when he played with the admirals in milwaukee the line was well he's not a great player but he works his tail off and he you know he was playing i believe in a line with klapka and ben jones and they Outworked Vancouver and scored. You know he scored one very nice goal. The, the here's the cool yeah. thing. So the Canucks had a, had a couple power, a bunch of power plays. They the Flames AHL guys mostly killed off the power plays. Uh, the nice thing was so after a power play, uh, Ilya Mikheyev, who had a not good game against the Flames in a couple ways. One, he got his pocket picked in the neutral zone by Mitch McLean and. I'm sorry. I love you, Mitch McLean. That probably sh- you shouldn't be picking the pocket of established NHL players. Something yeah. went wrong there. And then Mitch McLean went in on a two-on-one, a give and go, uh, right out of the box, right out of the box, right in the box. A, a give and go yeah. zone entry. And uh, Emilio Peterson fed Mitch McLean, and Mick McLean went top sh- chop cheddar on Spencer Martin. And yeah, like that's goal scorer's goal. And it was a bunch of guys who are trying to prove themselves. Emilio Peterson heading into the third year of his entry level deal. Uh, I don't think it's unfair to say that he's, he is probably a guy who wants to stake a claim to a spot in the pecking order, because when you're heading into the third year of ELC and you have, you know, there's some first year guys coming in, you know, Jack Beck's a year away from going pro some other guys. Uh, the, the, the elephant of the room is especially on the right side. If you're a righty in the flame system and you're not already in the NHL roster, you have Matt Coronado up here yeah. because come March, April, he might be coming in. So you have a limited window to stake a claim to a spot because if on the right side, Toffoli's under contract for another couple of years, uh, Coleman's under contract for a while, uh, Mangiapane can play either side, Dubé can play either side. So if you're if you're one of these young guys, if you're Klapka, Phillips, uh, even Walker Door, any of these guys, any winger, any winger, really, the clock is ticking if you're a winger because this this will sound very mean. Life isn't fair, kids, unfortunately. Uh, and first round picks, especially first round picks who can score goals, get is, opportunities. Yeah. Coronado's shots already would be in the top five on the team. Just, just, I'm, I'm like, like the Flames don't have any pure other outside of Lindholm. They're pure actual distance snipers are not there. Coronado is maybe, maybe to full. I think to Foley's up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always said top five, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I, like, I, Lindholm's is the best right now on the team, and Coronado's could push that like like Cornell's already it's shot could already push that it, he's still you know the shot's only one tiny aspect of the game you got to get in position and all that stuff but but his shot 
Yeah. It's why I wanted Cole Sillinger that draft too, because Cole Sillinger's shot was very similar. You, you need guys who can score goals. And, and and having a guy that can rip it from the top of the circles and still beat the goalie clean because he doesn't need traffic, that's that's rare. That's rare. And, you know, you want it. And, and Coronado has that. So that's a little X factor that people can work their whole lives and not get that. So it's it's you're right. It's up there. You've got to be thinking about it. and You've got to impress. And, and two guys really did. And uh, Mike Gould wrote an article, both of them. Nice, tricky title there, too. Yeah, um, Klapka threw his... Klapka's a big body who is aware that he's a big body. And I think the fact... Let's be... Like, he played a couple years of of pro in, in Czechia. He played in, uh, in extra, uh, a couple years in Extra Liga and in the minor leagues. And he also played in North America a little bit. So yeah. he he knows the style. He knows the, the systems. And he... This will sound... This will sound mean, but I don't mean it to be mean. Klapka, no, I think Klapka has a level of self-awareness now after playing with some established pros in Czechia. And mm-hmm. so if you're a 21, 20-year-old guy, now he's 22, if you having that experience in the European system as, as playing sort of down the rotation and trying to be effective, you figure out how to make the most of your minutes because if you don't make the most of your minutes, you don't get much more. And I thought, you know, that's one of the things I, I, I was really impressed. I think Daryl Sutter was asked about his skating. His skating is not bad for a big guy. Daryl pointed out, he's like, you know, Daryl had some nice praise for him. And I also point out like Mike, like Michael mentioned, Matthew Phillips pass on that game winning goal to, uh, you know, overtime to Michael Stone. We know Michael Stone can shoot the puck, but it was just a nice little play. I think there was like four of them on the ice. They made a couple, they won a face off, a couple little passes and boom, it's in the back of the net. That was, there was enough room to make that pass and not mess up. And Matthew Phillips made that pass. That was, that was on a needle through two legs and three sticks, I think, right to Michael Stone's tape. So that was, that was, you know, a lot of people are like, that's a good pass. I'm like, that's an unreal pass. That was, and Pelche's pass to get it up to Phillips too, through a couple legs too. Like, yeah. it, and it, like it, Pelche Pel- having the, Pelche having the awareness to sort of bring it up to the top of the zone, see what's developing and then quickly get the pass over by yeah, the time before, because of the faceoff win, by the time uh, the Canucks PK had a chance to register what the Flames were doing, it was already on stone stick. So winning faceoffs I, is important kids. I think a lot of these young kids, they come up and they feel the need to be quick and pressure and make a choice right away. We saw it with Poye uh, and, and we, everyone's mentioned uh, the giveaway to Pullman. I mean, he really put him in a bad spot. These kids are pressured to make, you know, flames talk about pace. They're pressured I, I thought that was Pullman's giveaway. It was a pass. And then Pullman just sort of hung out with the puck going, what do I do now for like half a yeah, second? There wasn't really an outlet for him to go to. Yeah, I honestly, I'd put it on two young both of them like I, I thought Poya had a very good game I thought I, he, he offensively he had a good game he gave up just as many opportunities as he created that's the Sam Bennett effect I call that the Sam Bennett effect everyone was always like why isn't Sam Bennett getting more chances and I'm like well Sam Bennett used to give up three high danger chances for every three he got so like you don't want that you'd rather win the high danger battle so hey, is young he's got years to go but he's 20 he's he's yeah, 20 yeah, years to develop and 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 he's got a good system and they're going to teach him the right way to do it flames aren't in a rush to develop any of their kids they're going to bring them along and when they're ready they're ready and that's that's the best part they're going to have a constant contending ahl team which will help it'll help them play further it'll and that's the kicker it'll help them play meaningful games in spring and that's that's where you really develop anybody. Yeah, Daryl wants Daryl wants playing, as many of the kids in the system as possible to play mm-hmm. as long as they can. 
And, and long-term, it just makes you better because there's always someone to fill the hole and someone can fill the hole properly. So uh, Matthew Phillips stood out to me in Vancouver more than anybody constantly. The game was so choppy though, Pike. They were, it was power play, penalty kill, power play, penalty kill, power play, penalty kill all night. It was there like was that no, here too. There was no length. It's preseason for the refs too. I get it. But I mean, give us a 10 minute stretch of five on five, please. So we can at least see what everyone's going to do on consecutive shifts. It, it, whew, it was, it was bad. I think there was like eight opportunities per team in, in Vancouver. So 16 power plays total. It was just a mess. It wasn't that bad in Calgary, but it, it was also, yeah, there was, there was a few, there was a few of them. That you're like, what are you doing guys? Oh yeah. And the other guy that stood out um, and just, he's been consistent all the time. It's Connor Zari. Connor Zari has been, he's, he's like a half a step better than he was at the end of last I, year. I, they had Connor Zari in Calgary playing on a line with uh, Sonny Milano and Cody Eakin. Yeah. When you're, you have two fairly established NHLers playing with on a line with a 20 year old kid with a year of pro under his belt. And I mean, as a compliment, Zari didn't stand out. Zari looked perfectly at home playing with two guys with that level of experience. And yeah. That's okay. That's, that, that's, that's the hope. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's he, didn't, he wasn't behind. He wasn't causing turnovers. He was exactly where he needed to be. And I think that's good. I, you know, the, in Calgary, I think, you know, the, the difference was like the flames, like, you know, they got, they, they worked their power play pretty well. Milano actually did a nice job drawing a penalty that led to the power play that uh, Huberto scored on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milano just basically just got a pass and said, I'm going to the slot. And then he made someone haul him down. And that's the thing you have to do. If you're a PTO guy, you want to be a net positive guy for your team. And, you know, so far he was Cody Eakin. I didn't notice as much, even, even with Cody Eakin scoring that goal, I think it was basically a situation where Backlund put it right on his stick with a couple of nice plays. And I think, I think Poirier got a swipe at it too. It was, it was just, it was a third attempt. Eakins was a third attempt and it was all caused by Backlund. Yeah. Backlund standing up. Yeah. Backlund just going, I'm well, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the F3. I'm just going to, I'm the F1. I'm just going to stand here. I'm going to see if the guy comes at me and he just takes it goes. Yeah. And and it was an, I forget which, which Canucks defender it was, but the, his body language screamed, you're not supposed to be here. It's the preseason. What are you doing? So, I mean, Backlund ended ended with, I think two assists on the game. Uh, Yeah. It was, the Calgary game was a game that the Flames were expected to win, and they did. The Vancouver game was a game that the Canucks were expected to win, and they didn't. And they didn't because, like, the Canucks had to mount a fairly dramatic comeback uh, because, you know, they because the, the Flames outworked them. And I thought Dustin Wolf was very good. Oh. I thought the PK was very good for the most part. I thought, uh, you know, there's there's in Vancouver's in the Vancouver game, there were very few negatives to be had. I think everyone, even the guys who didn't really stand out very much, asserted themselves pretty well. In the Calgary game, I thought the same thing was very true. I thought probably the weakest player wearing red in Calgary was Colton Pullman. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, he's seven high danger chances against zero four. So, and, like, and, like, like and Colton, was... let's you know, Colton Pullman for folks who didn't watch a lot of Heat games last year, Colton Pullman was basically a utility defenseman. He's he was useful for the Heat because he could play with anybody. He was reliable. He's you know his offensive talent is what it is. He was a two way defenseman in college. He's a defensive specialist in the AHL. I don't know if he has much in the way of NHL upside, although defensemen can just pop at weird times and he's reliable uh, in the preseason. 
you know, that game, he was less reliable. He looked rusty, but a lot of people on both teams did. So uh, it was very much, it was very much all around both games from start to finish. The, the biggest story of pre of the, of the preseason games was a we're back in the rooms now. And yeah, as, for inside baseball guys, um, one of the best things about doing what I am able to do and I'm fortunate enough to do is that you get to go and get to know the players a bit. You get to sort of stand around with a dozen of your colleagues, awkwardly putting microphones in a stranger's face and asking them about why the, they did the thing in the sports ball game. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's really fun. A lot of the time it's really fun. Uh, the last two years, we, you know, we have not been in the locker room since February, 2020, uh, actually March, 2020. I think the, the Vegas game where the flames, uh, lost 5-2 to Vegas, uh, the very last game before the pandemic, I believe on International Women's Day in March 2020, because I believe that was the game where Cassie and Leah Hextall called the game, and I forget yeah. who the other, who other people were. It was, it was a really cool game. They had it was a, all a, women's broadcast, yeah. Yeah, they had a, a full a full women production crew. It was really cool, and unfortunately, that kind of got swept by the wayside by the way the world happened to unfold after that. But I always remember that game because it was a it was a decent game the flames just didn't have the horses in the third period and we went to the room and talked to them and did not realize we wouldn't get back to the room for two and a half years uh so last night was or uh uh, sunday night was pretty pretty fun we uh we got to talk to jonathan huberto is really funny he uh yeah he really he has a a really dry uh, sense of humor at least so far uh we we he mentioned that uh he felt the altitude and so we we asked him a bit about the altitude he sort of joked him like i asked him like i'm not a professional athlete kids i'm not much of an athlete at all these days uh but i asked him like you know with the elevation like i talked to some friends of mine who uh, are athletes and are work in sports science and you know asked them how, how does it impact them uh and th- th- they gave very similar answers to what jonathan huberto said uh you know, when he hit the third, when you have the the wind in the third shift, uh, he also mentioned he was absolutely absolutely just pooped uh, after like the, the first few minutes of the the group skates. So you know your your lungs get used to the elevation. But he he was he was really funny. He gave a good answer, and it's that was the biggest story I think of the pre of the the post preseason scrums that Jonathan Huberto need. You know he's he's working on getting used to the elevation, but he was for a guy who was not used to the elevation. He was pretty decent. I mean, Jonathan Hooper. Well, he also folks. went from he also went from Sunrise, Florida, at sea level to Calgary by the mountains. So yeah. it's, it's a pretty drastic change for him to like. I don't think Nazem Kadri's too worried. Nazem Kadri's actually getting a benefit here. He's going down in altitude. So yeah, I, mean, it, it's I think it's worth, fun, it's yeah. good, worth worth uh, asking Kadri when he gets to play. Uh, yeah, if he notices any differences. But yeah, it, it's it, gonna it, be it's, way easier for him. <laughs> Yeah, so folks, uh, you know, hopefully they're, you know, hopefully if you get a chance to go to a preseason game, you get to, you get to, you get to come out. Uh, there's uh, the things you need to know. There's a new beer supplier at the Saddleome. It's Original 16. Uh, no more Bud, uh, at least no Bud, Bud or Bud Light. But Original 16 is Canadian and it's very good. So uh, if you get a chance, the, they renamed the one thing the Ultra Zone too. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah the, the King Club is now the Ultra Zone. Yeah. Uh, there's also uh, the the uh, the big concession. That, place that used to be called the dog pound or the dog house is now uh, a pocket dog stand so they kept it to hot dog but yeah there's a, a much larger pocket dog location very important though there's also in the picture um pointed out by my lovely uh, girlfriend mo is there's beer taps at the pocket dog station so you only have to go to the one spot to get your beer and your pocket dog you don't have to hit up two places anymore fantastic so they're, they're, 
you know, for, for as long as the Saddlelooms in, in use, they want to make it a useful place and a fun place. So, uh, so be, be aware of that. Also, just a word of warning, uh, they're doing a bunch of construction in the area uh, between now and the end of October. Uh, 12th Avenue in front of the casino and the, the Olympic Way uh, intersection of the way in are kind of a mess and will be a mess for a while. So uh, our recommendation is either take transit, give yourself extra time for coming from the downtown side, or uh, come from the south on the on the the Earlton McLeod Trail, like the, the southern the southern entrance. If you're going to park, and uh, be be prepared to be impressed by the, how fast the BMO Center expansion is coming together. Because oh, really? I remember when uh, we were there for Garbage Bag Day uh, after after at the very end of May, it was, gone, wasn't it? It was it was basically just sort of a framework. Like it looked like a, a base skeleton, and now it's starting to fill in pretty well. So it's gonna appear very quickly in front of us and i don't even think it opens for another year and a half or two years or something but uh they, i think they want to get the shell up and the shells coming quickly so uh be beware when you come in folks it's going to be a little bit constructiony for a little while at least till the end of october you know i imagine there'll probably be other stuff happening after that uh the construction they're doing right now is actually green line construction they're moving utilities so that the i think they don't start I think in in the the spring they're starting the actual construction of the green line or the the main work, but oh, the one that go northeast. Yeah, but they have to yeah. move stuff out of the way underground before they can tunnel and do all the all the stuff. So they're doing all that stuff now, and unfortunately, they couldn't do it during the stampede because there was a stampede going on. So we gotta there's, we gotta live with some discomfort. There's four seasons in Alberta, Pike. There's mud. There's construction. There's winter, and then there's second construction. Those are the four. No, seasons. there's only two. There's just there's there's winter and construction. Those are our two counties. There's, there's mud. There's mud season. Uh, <laughs> I, think all the winter I think you're giving the climate a bit too much credit there. Uh, so the, but they should be able to see a vet. I, I, in my estimation, a veteran heavy lineup on Wednesday because tonight against the crack in here in ten minutes, it's a pretty young roster. Yeah, so it's uh, we're not well. We won't spend too much time on on the Seattle of it all, but uh, you know, if uh, it'll be Shane Wright playing against the Flames on uh, Tuesday night, right after we record. So I'm kind of excited Jager about that Ferkus. because Shane Wright, pretty good at hockey. Jagger Furcus as well. Uh, oh, Shane Wright, yeah. Musha Warriors. Jagger, Jagger Furcus was the first player taken in the second round, I believe, by Seattle, and he's he should have been a first round pick folks in my personal estimation uh he dropped because of height reasons surprise anyone ever hear of johnny gajor or alex to but anyways uh it should be fun to watch tonight um and good yeah like it, it, there's some still skilled young players you can, like that's the thing about the preseason is you can get these skilled young players viewing on on your tv sportsnet now is the new nhl streaming device in canada and uh, uh the flame the flames are streaming all the preseason games on their website so uh mm-hmm. if you're not able to make it down or you don't many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to travel to Winnipeg, uh, Vancouver, Seattle, or Edmonton? Uh, you don't have to. You can watch it on your couch in your PJs. Uh, Shane made a call out for questions because we doing uh, because we were we were aware that doing this in between games, our game chat will become very very old very quickly. Uh, I expect by the time you listen to this, Lucas Siona will have been assigned back to the Seattle Thunderbirds of the WHL. Uh, by the end of the week, there'll be a lot of cuts. So spending too much time on uh, players that might not be here in two weeks may not a great idea for evergreen content. But the fun thing is Shane put out a call for for questions to make this a little bit more of an an evergreen episode. So Shane, you might as well dive in, my friend. I'll start with someone that texted me because they listened to our podcast first. Uh, So so he had to listen to our last podcast in order to get the question in early. Uh, It's from Nate Thomas of the uh, Quack Report. And he asked us... um, We've heard a lot of talk why Sonny Milano would be great for the Flames top nine. He wants to know our opinion on why shouldn't he be signed by the Flames? So Pike, uh, why, why, why shouldn't he be signed? What reason would you think? My big question would be, is he willing to work cheap? And my other question is, okay, if he doesn't work out on that third line, because I think the, the folks had him penciled in as sort of like the quasi second, third line on the wing with Manchipani and Kadri. But let's say he just doesn't click offensively in that top nine. And, you know, Grant, he was injured for a chunk of last at the end of last year. And that, that impacted his ability to score, but playing hurt, playing not hurt, whatever. He was, he wasn't terribly effective offensively in the second half of last season. No, he dropped off pretty quick. Yeah. And so if he doesn't have the offensive consistency, and he's shown he's shown his offensive consistency in spurts throughout his playing career. He was much more consistent last year, which is why his numbers are so good. But if he doesn't have the offensive consistency, does he have the defensive consistency to play a checking yeah. shutdown line? Like, could he play PK? Could he be like if they need to rotate bodies around? Could he kill penalties? Could he play on the fourth line? Like that would be that that be one of my one of the things I'd be concerned about, just in terms of how versatile can he be if he needs to be used in a different role. And like, yeah, my my thought process after he sent that was, well, why shouldn't he be signed? I'm like, well, that would mean someone impressed enough to take the spot that's open for him. Now, now that's not to say it's going to happen, but I mean. You know, Matt, like I said, Matty Phillips had a hell of a game. Now, I do I think Matt Phillips is going to make the final roster? Personally, I, I don't think so. I hope he does. He's a very skilled player. But, you know, like that someone is going to have to over-impress, like be, be heads and tails consistently above what he can bring every single day. Because we've got years of track record of Sonny Milano. We don't have years of track record of these prospects. So they're going to have to show every second of camp that they're, they are there. Uh, one thing that intrigues me is Adam Rzich is going to play on the wing tonight. So that, that is something. And, and he, I, I, I did that a radio hit Tuesday morning with, uh, with the guys in the morning show of fan 960. 
And Russell and Rollins. I, I I find they're not the new guys aren't on yet. Uh, oh. It was uh, Patrick and uh, Patrick Dumas and uh, our buddy logo logo. But, yeah, yeah. The uh, I think the big challenge, like for Ruzishka, he's been mostly a center. Uh, you know, he was mostly a center in junior. He was mostly a center in the AHL to this point. When he came up in the NHL, when he's been used, he's mostly a center. And so, yeah, he could be he could be kind of a pretty decent winger. But if the idea is they're gonna the I, the, the the thing the the concern I would have about putting Ruzishka on the wing is uh, are they going to do better bet at him? And by that, I mean, the reason I think Majapani worked so well and developed so thoroughly in his roles is that his roles have been very clear. He's been a winger the entire time. They're like, you know, Andrew, here's your, you're playing this position. Here's what we expect from you. And going from the fourth line to the second line of the wing your defensive responsibilities don't change a lot. Your offensive responsibilities, you're, you're asked to take to take charge of the game a bit more and your role changes because you're used slightly different situations, but the position doesn't change. Center is different, so different. And if, 100%. if he gets used to NHL wing, it's difficult to put him back at center. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. He'd be a real effective forechecking winger if he was the guy that was in there and, and in the corners because the center is the guy that's, always the defensively responsible one ideally so you know if you've got backland codrier or lindholm up and up the middle playing defense having that six foot four body down deep would be be good but that's why shouldn't they sign milano it's because someone like that took like took the opening that the opening's there it's it's someone's gonna grab it is it milano is it Rizichka? Is it someone else? We're, we're going to find out and we're going to find out in probably like a week. But the, the question I would say, yeah, the question I have in my mind is, so Daryl, Daryl Sutter talks about this quite a bit. The idea of someone's a game and their B game is in, if you're, if you're not at your best, is your B game pretty good? Like, is it consistent? It's, it's pretty is, good. Is it the, there's a minimum level they want. And, and, and B game isn't at least that for, for and that's the thing. Cause like for, for folks who wonder like, Oh, like the, why are the why are the flames like Brett Ritchie for example? The flames know Brett Ritchie's B game fairly well, and they seem to be fine with it. Same yes. with Trevor Lewis, same with Lucic, same with you know all the guys they have. They have a, a lot of tape on Kevin Rooney, for example. That's why they want him as their fourth line center. Uh, so the big question is like, say, can Phillips or Pelche or Rizichka or any of these guys establish that their B game is a better bet than the B game from other guys? Because if the answer is yes, then I think that you know. To be honest, I think uh, if you have a chance of bringing in a kid, if one of the guys you developed and using them, you might as well. It's a, you know you don't have to give up a contract spot, you don't have to give up any anything, you know any opportunity cost to get them. But if Milano's B game is more consistent than the other guys, and they and they have a larger sample size from scouts of his B game at the NHL level, it's you know I think that's I think that's the uh, that's the challenge with the the preseason games for the younger kids because you know if you're playing and you're competing for spots with guys who've played a fair amount of NHL minutes, then they, they have a book on all these established players. They don't have as much of a book on say Jacob Pelche. So Pelche is writing his book in the preseason right now. This is what they're going to have to go off of because they don't have anything else to go off of with him right now. So yeah, they have a year, of, like the one year in the A against the AHL level competition. You don't, yep. here's the thing. Last year, the flames were completely, completely fortunate with injuries knock on wood again odds are it's not going to happen again this year some people are going to get hurt it happens all the time that breeds opportunities for more kids and call-ups last year we really just had Rizichka 
We really just had Rizicka. We made the Toffoli trade midway through the year. Well, like uh, Walker Door a little bit and Glenn Godden a little bit, but not, not so much that it made a difference. I'm talking like nine, 10, 10 ish, 10 plus games. And it was really just Rizicka because then they had Stone and they gave Connor Mackey a few games, not that much. Valamaki got sent down early. Like, like it was really the team they had was the, the whole team throughout the whole year. There was hardly any substitutions. And you could argue Rizicka was a real big member of that because he was with them even on the bench for over half the season. So he, he, he's got the inside edge in my books uh, to even just to, to make the roster. Cause especially cause he'd require waivers to go down at this point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, the pro tryout guys are getting prime opportunities. Sutter said so. You know, he's like, these guys are going to be put in positions to show me what they can do because that's why they're here. They're pros. So, yeah, that, that was the first question. That was a good question. Um, Thank the, you, the, the second question, uh, because I made a joke that we we're just going to talk about uh, Cody Egan and Sonny Milano's hair for 30 minutes, um, which we, luckily we didn't have to. Gorgeous flow, boys, both of you. Uh, he asked if we had any exclusives on what products they use. No, uh, I, I, I saw, I got a good look at, we, we uh, did a scrum in the locker room with Cody Eakin, whatever he uses, it's working. Cause that thing is, is silky and flowing. Like he played a, a full game. I still, I still think the best main of hair on the team has to be Chris Tanev. Without uh, question. Like you look at it up close, like it flows in the wind. There's no split ends. Like he's just, whatever he's doing, he, he should be like, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel this will sound very mean and I'm sorry, Calgary. I love you. It's a shame that Chris Tanev isn't in like a major, like an American media market because like, imagine him doing like Fabio level. No, like, he'd uh, be great right in with the head and shoulders dudes. Like Troy Pomelo, Palm, I, I can't even say his name. And, and like Pomelo, it's been a while. I apologize if he, I doubt he's going to listen to this. We're ever. not going to enunciate. We're, we're very bad enunciated, but yeah, I, I, yeah, he's just amazing, amazing flow. Amazing. I'll tell you flow. one thing, and from someone who knows, he probably conditions his hair. Yeah, I think that's that's the secret. He conditions his hair regularly, folks. Uh, just so you know, conditioner doesn't hurt. Shampooing it too much will kill it. But uh, that's because I have a sister that's a hairdresser. Yeah. So but the, the Milano's curls are just fantastic. Like I've no oh. idea. Like that. I think of, of all the hair hair on the team, I think his curls must be the biggest pain in the ass to maintain. Is anyone, but, if you know anyone with curly hair, like, you know, sometimes it doesn't react well to humidity. Like I, I imagine there's a lot of things that have to go into making those curls as curly as they are, his naturally curly hair. Since we got into the hair, just before I move to the next question, my favorite of the last few years is when Luch went all tag team and bleached his hair. That was my favorite. That was, that was like he, just him being the big burly man he is and then just gets the bleach blonde and it looks like oh, cool, who, uh, like 90s. Who is like, the other guy that bleached his hair with Ronaldo? Him? It was Ronaldo. Zach right? Ronaldo. They, yes. they bleached their hair and were together, but I was just like, that's, that makes, that gives me like 90s vibes, like late 90s, early 2000s, like denim's the style. Let's go. They were the, no, they were the Bash brothers. Yeah. They were. Yeah. They were they were they were harkening back to the mighty ducks and it's yeah. you know they were having fun with it. So what, what do we got next? Uh, if Shillington is out past cut down day, what happens to his roster spot? Uh, if in the event, and we don't know much about what's going on with uh, with Oliver. Oliver, uh, we we hope everything's going okay with him and his family. 
in the event, I actually just been asking around about this to, to friends of mine in the CBA community. Yes, there's a, a text chain of us that's, that email and text each other really nerdy CBA questions. Uh, so in the events that uh, he is unable to start the season, he would be placed on what's known as non-roster, and it would be treated the same cap-wise as if he was injured in the preseason. And so unless the, the Flames ask the NHL for an exception, which they might, but there's, you know, there's, only, there's a very narrow – uh, range of things you can ask for exceptions for but unless they ask for an exception his cap hit would count as normal but his roster spot would be open it's just a free extra spot it'd and... be it'd be like he's it's it'd be as if he's on rir that he yeah he, he, not not ltir cap, just ir yeah he count against the cap but you get uh, a roster spot open so that one was from sam uh thank you for that one sam um wendy k uh, asks how often do PTOs result in a contract, and if they don't get a contract, are they just out of luck this season? What's the second the, one's yes, Wendy. The second yeah, one's yes. <laughs> the second one is basically go try for the go try. I think that the challenging thing, and I talked to some player agents about this. The challenging thing is this: uh, most national agencies like say if you want to play for the spangler if you want to try playing the worlds or whatever most national agency most national associations are advising teams or advising players not to take jobs in russia uh and so what happened was it's like say a lot of these guys who normally would have been playing in the khl this season shifted over and so uh, there's a set, uh, there's a, a limitation for uh, what's known as import spots, basically spots for non-domestic players in Czech League, Slovakia, Switzerland, Finland, Sweden, Germany, basically every European league. And those spots are basically all full. And yeah. so there might, there might be, you know, they can release guys, they can, you know, dump out contracts and move things around. And typically, in about November, you do see a bit of shifting around before American Thanksgiving for some guys, you know, they, they're playing in Europe and they weren't, they don't like their ice time or they're playing and they're homesick or their wife is pregnant. You know, there's any number of reasons why a player on a contract with a European team would decide this isn't for me. And then it opens up some spots, but typically there's not a lot. And so generally speaking, those guys who don't get PTOs tend to either drift around or they try to catch on in the AHL, which you know, again, the AHL, you're dealing with NHL clubs running AHL teams that have limited budgets. I mean, some, some of the teams, you know, end up spending a bit more on players because they want to be competitive or they want to draw locally, but not all the teams are like that. So there's a lot of individuals, uh, quirks to the PTO market, uh, the post PTO market. Uh, well, yeah. And, and I, I mean, think usually it's what, what I'd say, uh, what there's probably th- okay, 32 teams right now. I would reckon, actually, if you want to stall for me, I will check in Cap Friendly because the folks at Cap Friendly well, have a PTO tracker. So, yeah, you look that up. What I'm going to say is that, you know, by them staying in the AHL, injuries happen throughout the year as well. So, in very rare cases, uh, someone else will snag them out of camp, like when Calgary snagged Christopher Stieg from the Edmonton camp. Like he spent the entire preseason in Edmonton and then signed in Calgary and came over for to play their season. But by staying in the AHL and in North America, you're readily available. And you can play on an AHL, AHL deal and still make good money. Like, like let's, let's not be real here. No pro on, in the AHL playing for the Maple Leafs still gets like a full $700,000. But like even then, you can make $300,000, $400,000 a year on an AHL-only deal. And usually those have an out clause 
to allow you to sign in the NHL if anyone comes calling. So you, 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 your exposure is still there. People can still regularly watch you if they need. And you're not totally pooched instead of being overseas and having to come over. Because if you play overseas and have to come over, you have to go through waivers. And someone should ask uh, the old uh, Flames back in 2013 about that. Not anymore. They got they changed that rule. Oh, okay, see. Uh, last, year, last, year, last year, league-wide, there was about uh, less than a dozen. About a do- Usually, it's about a dozen players who are in PTOs. They ended up getting contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the league, yeah. Throughout the league. So, you're looking at about for let's say one for every three teams will sign yeah like they like maybe it's like an eight percent success rate yeah. <laughs> like maybe something i'm not gonna do the math right now because uh, so well yeah like i think uh you know in calgary uh, milano has a good chance stone is a good chance a few other guys probably and, less so I, I can't see the flame signing Eakin and milano for example no there's not enough cap room for that either especially when we factor in the fact that shillington's cap is going to count no matter what they have 1.5 million in room and like let's be real milano's not signed because he wants that payday like like that's that's most likely but there's only so much money in the league and there's only so much money on teams that are willing to compete so you know you've got like you said it one of the things on the earlier questions was is he willing to work for cheap so uh, last question comes from Brian Baston of On the Four Check. He's a Nashville Predators writer. Uh, he, this is this is a little sarcastic. He says, "How much do you regret letting future Hart Trophy winner Callie Yarncroft go?" And I, I answered, "I he said, was, I, I, he did. He was. I'll say this for Yarncroft. This guy had terrible luck. A lot of guys for the Flames in the playoffs had just absolutely shit puck luck. Forgive my French." Uh, Guys who probably should have scored but didn't. Yarn Crock a lot until the last game. Uh, to Foley pretty much the entire time. Uh, Goudreau was snake bit for a good chunk of the first round. Uh, Kachuk was hurt. Snake bitting. Yeah, there was so there's a lot there's a lot of things. But you know, Yarn Crock he was brought in to be a good third line center and to move the needle. And he didn't you know his possession game was good. And did he score a lot? No. Was he expected to score a lot? No, I mean, that's... He got, he got if, robbed. If he, if he scored lot. more, he wouldn't have been so inexpensive. And for he's, he's uh, he's you know, he signed with Toronto. And, you know, it's, he's he's not getting, he's, he's, he's getting, he's getting regular person rich in Toronto, not yeah. NHL rich. But, you know, he's, he's doing well in preseason, but it's also preseason. So take it with the appropriate grain of salt. I mean, you know, you much rather perform well in preseason than not, but if you're going to, if you're going to go nuts, I mean, James Neal scored a goal for Columbus. I don't think anyone's suddenly going, you know, there is, I don't think the, uh, I don't real think, deal. I don't think Yermo Kekalainen is, you know, rushing out to, to prepare a contract for him. And I don't think the, uh, the folks the at nationwide track. arena are uh, running to the concession stands, running to the merch stand being like, make sure you got enough James Neal jerseys. It's preseason. Yeah. Um, my answer was, uh, there's only one reason anyone would go to Toronto for four years. I know as a out of closet Leafs, uh, secondary Leafs fan. Um, I mean, I've, I've traveled to Buffalo to watch them blow a two, one lead in, in a matter of 30 seconds. Uh, he just obviously has the passion, like, 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 you know, the passion TM, uh, you'll see all the Steve Dangle, uh, stuff here uh merch coming out from media day and it's just a joke that the leafs have that you know if, you, if you're going to play for the leafs you have to have the passion so 
that's that's about all I got for Gallio and Croak. And that that's it for the questions. Um, that was a decent haul for us. Um, appreciate everyone that's been listening for the year. I think we we're about a year here. We're, we're, we're coming up on a year. I think next week will be the so, anniversary episode. Everyone, I just want to thank everyone for listening to us. And, you know, uh, this was great interaction. If you want to interact with us more, uh, follow the Flames Nation account, follow Pike. Yeah. And, and I think we'll, uh, and, I, I like uh, doing these, I like doing these Q&A ones. So I think we'll yeah, probably try to make this part of a regular rotation. Like when, like, especially like there's going to, there's going to be weeks where like I'm covering games live, Shane's doing all his post game stuff. So there's going to be weeks where we have to record a day or so early and sort of releases on a game day like we're doing this week. So there's going to be weeks where do, trying to do, you know, timely to the minute analysis might not be our particular brand of, of whiskey. Rupert's whiskey from oh. Eau Claire Distillery. The that's, whiskey that's, some, that's some radio level transitioning, buddy. I like that. But yeah, I, th- I think uh, I, I like doing these things. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, this will this will sound like me stealing a line from Daryl, and it definitely is. Uh, the fun thing about working in this market is that the fans are really smart and ask smart questions and really care and care passionately and intelligently. Uh, you don't, you know, uh, Mike Camilleri actually told me a story once that he thought the difference between Calgary and Montreal was you didn't have people in Calgary coming up to him in, in the grocery store yelling at him about the power play. Uh, and I always think I always think about that when I think about uh, Flames fans because I get it because. No one's ever come. I, I've never seen, I've never heard any stories from Flames players about being accosted about the power play, partially because the power play has always been half decent, but also because of the respectfulness and intelligence of Flames fans for the most part. So, thank you. And they're, yeah, they're professional people. Like, they're, you got to remember, they're, they're real people. They got to live their lives. If they're at the grocery store, they're not there to get bombarded. So, people in Calgary get that. We're smart markets. So, and let's stay that way. I think that's I think good, Mike. I think the I think game's we're good. about to kick in. Uh, we got all the questions done. We did a little preview. Uh, yeah. So thanks. thanks uh, thank you, everyone, for, for listening. Uh, again, I believe next week is our anniversary edition. We might not do anything special. We might do something special. I don't know yet. I've really oh. planned this far ahead. Uh, <laughs> we got preseason we'll, to cover first. <laughs> we'll see what we come up with next week. Uh, for Shane, I'm Ryan. As usual, our, our PlayStation Radio is brought to you by the fantastic people at DoorDash. If you are hungry and you don't want to cook or leave the house, DoorDash is for you. Uh, and of course, the fine folks at Rupert's Whiskey, at uh, Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey, the Calgary Flames. We will be back next week, I believe, barring any kind of weird schedule stuff, at our usual Wednesday recorded, Thursday posted time. Uh, in the interim, hopefully everybody enjoys the sweet, sweet joy of the chaos that is the preseason. Uh, We'll see you guys in a week or so. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.